headline over the weekend caught my attention, and I think this is because it's one of those cases that could have very big implications moving forward. But this involves Toronto firefighters who have uh, scored a pretty big win over City Hall, and we learn that a labor arbitrator handed them victory. And this involves more than a dozen firefighters who were fired by the city of Toronto earlier this year because they didn't get a vaccine or they didn't disclose their vaccine status. And so this is a ruling that could have very big uh, fallout because it sets precedent. It'll set precedent over the cases of 461 other city employees who have been fired as well as other cases that are going on now with other levels of governments or even companies. But the arbitrator ruled, and I thought I think it's always interesting to read what they say in the ruling, that the mandatory vaccine policy for firefighters is reasonable and found that it was supported by expert evidence that demonstrates, you know, efficacy and safety, but concluded it's how the city enforced the policy. It was not reasonable as it basically meant there was only one choice. You either get fired or you get the shot. There was no gray area, which I think is the problem, is that they weren't willing to look at other things like testing or whatever. It was just this blunt tool that was used. Let me bring in Mackenzie Irwin to this conversation. She's an employment lawyer and associate over at Simfiru to mark in, uh, and she joins us now. And I should clarify, uh, Mackenzie, this is not a case you guys were involved in, but certainly it's a case that you would watch. Yeah, exactly. We were not involved. This is an uh, uh, this is a labor decision, so um, we we do strictly with um, employment issues. But this is a unionized situation. But yes, we weren't involved with this decision. But it certainly is going to be something that you and other employment um, lawyers are watching closely because this is something that affected a lot. We have nurses across this country. We have firefighters. We have uh, people across this country who either got fired or, or were suspended because they didn't get that shot. And so the implications uh, of this as you kind of go through the, the Coles Note version would be what? Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely the number one um, issue in employment law of 2022 and 2021, I would say. All employment lawyers, whether you're working on the labor side or the employment side, are all watching these uh, decisions very closely because this is the issue in employment law. So um, this this decision in particular, even though it is in the um, in the unionized context, it still does, um, you know, it's still um, persuasive in terms of a employment law case. Um, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, we have not had an employment law um, matter, a vaccine issue uh, go before the courts just yet. Right, because interestingly, I think it's important. It's not that the arbitrator uh, said oh, this is completely unreasonable. He agreed this is reasonable. It's how you did it that is not reasonable because, and correct me where I'm wrong, Mackenzie, um, had they offered a test and said, look, we can do things other, we, we could offer, maybe you get tested every day. There was no other, um, there was no accommodation made. It was just a hard, no, you're fired, which I think is the problem that, that the, the city got itself into. Exactly. And so that's something that is going to apply to many of these vaccine termination cases, because essentially what the arbitrator found that they found that it was, it was improper for the city basically to assume and that the individual's decision not to take the vaccine without any exception or accommodation, um, that that decision reflected nothing more but in, uh, insubordination for which uh, the city was, uh, was basically terminating them for cause. And so that's something that is very important, that distinction between 
um, termination for cause when you don't get any, when you're not providing them with any severance or any termination pay, and then terminating Mm -hmm. them without cause, which, you know, employers can terminate their employees without cause as long as they do provide them with proper severance. So that's something where the arbitrator here has found, you know, maybe the policy in the specific language of the city's policy was reasonable, but the way that they implemented it was not reasonable. And, and for exactly the reasons that you you suggested that there was no accommodation, you know, there was nothing else. It was either take the vaccine or you're fired for cause and we're not going to give you anything. So that's, that's where the arbitrator, uh, where the city's policy fell short and where likely many of these firefighters are going to be reinstated into their, into their employment. Yeah, boy, and it comes at a, at a great cost. I mean, at the time, I think we have to go back to the state of, um, you know, the moment. And, and I think at the time, government officials took this blunt tool thinking, okay, we're going to send this message and be very tough. And I'm not sure how their very expensive lawyers would not have seen kind of the problem here. But I think governments at every level were trying to send this message like we know best. And if we if we scare, um, you know, the firefighters or wherever we go after, maybe it'll get other people to kind of wake up and get their shot. But it, it actually has had the reverse effect. And this is the politicalization that we have seen in this pandemic on another note, like a different topic. But um, the bottom line is they didn't catch this. And so. If you have a case before the courts right now, um, are you either, is it getting tossed out based on this decision or is this, you know, if someone's in this kind of position where they were a nurse and maybe they got fired, are they looking at this and saying, okay, this hands me a big win? Do you see a lot of cases getting tossed out over this? Well, so, so again, this is, this, this decision, it's an arbitration decision, it's within the unionized context, so it's not... While it's persuasive on an employment case, absolutely, um, and so we are, we will absolutely be relying on on this case to to um, hopefully get certain cases thrown out. But um, ultimately, it's not binding on a court decision. So we still are waiting on the courts to weigh in on this. But you will, you know, absolutely when when that time comes, these are the cases that are going to be put put before a judge to kind of mm-hmm. show what other what arbitrators are deciding, you know, what facts they're relying on, what evidence they they found persuasive, and then using that um, in in an employment context before court. But I do think that, you know, a lot of the policy, certainly at, at different levels of government when it came to the vaccine and who they were going to fire and who they were not, those policies were rolled out. And I assume, Mackenzie, and correct me where I'm wrong, I think a lot of companies probably followed suit saying, well, if the government's doing it, certainly a, this is probably the, the direction we should take. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think one one big distinction here is that in Ontario, at least, there were no there was no government mandate for a strict vaccine, take the vaccine or be terminated policy. All of the uh, government mandates were um, they weren't a strict vaccine mandate. They all they all um, contemplated some form of accommodation, um, usually for especially in the um, education field. Um, they were they were if you weren't going to take the vaccine, you were required to do some sort of educational thing. Um, but there was no strict you need to get the vaccine mandate from the government. So I think that that is a huge issue that that they were dealing with. Um, and absolutely all of once uh, once these larger government uh, entities started implementing the, implementing these vaccine policies, smaller businesses were following suit. Mm-hmm. And so 
a lot of those smaller businesses and even big banks, for example, they've all withdrawn their um, vaccine mandates and uh, at this point. So, I mean, I think now we're in a different time. But, you know, way back in um, the su- even as early as the summer of last year, the fall, fall of last year, when these were coming out, we really didn't yeah. know. And so now we've kind of we've got the, the virtue of hindsight and, and a lot of these mandates are being withdrawn from the larger companies and the smaller companies as well. Well, this may be very, very expensive uh, in paying out all the damages, but no question about it. I think uh, too many of these policies were designed on emotion and politics, and uh, and there's so many of these cases, Mackenzie, as you know, before the courts. So it'll be interesting to see the fallout because of this ruling. We will stay tuned. I appreciate your insight. Having me. That is uh, Mackenzie Irwin, who is with Semfiro Tumarkin. So, yeah, there's a lot of cases before the courts that will uh, certainly the lawyers will be watching this and implementing it into their cases, assuming they still go ahead. All right. On the other side of this break, Canada is heading to the moon. Uh, just not today. Sadly, that's been put on hold uh, as the launch of Artemis is scrubbed. But why are we going to the moon? I mean, it's a very big deal because our country is now involved in this. But what what are we getting out of this? We will discuss that in just a second because it will launch hopefully later this week. Stay with us. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to 640 Toronto.